Hello and welcome to the In Repose podcast with your host, Caitlin of Caitlin Curiosity. In Repose is a space for us to bring back the magic of nature in repose into our homes. This podcast is for the home buddies, the homesteaders, the homemakers in a modern, fun way. (laughs) I'm so excited you're here. It has been how many months since we last sat down and talked? Three, two, three? It's just wild to me. And I'm so excited to be here with you. I am so excited to be back. I needed the time away to just reflect and recharge and decide on what I wanted the future of this community to look like because because I stepped away from social media for a few months and I had built up this beautiful community on there of just intentional humans. You know, you're a part of it. Entrepreneurs, um, those of you that found me through my move, maybe you found me through the Coffee Tonics and Herbal Powders Workshop, maybe you've been following along since I had the fitness studio. I mean, there's so many different chapters of my journey that I've shared and that we have connected along the way. And I needed the time, you know, I've talked about it in all the previous episodes, that I needed the time away from social media to stop creating and to stop consuming, to really figure out that next, what I wanted the next season of my life to look like. And I needed that breather to figure it out. And it really truly started as just one weekend, I'm going to step away and that weekend turned into a week, two weeks, three weeks. And then I think it turned into how many months? four or five months being totally away and just giving myself that space and time and not rushing it. Because so often, and I think it's so interesting too because I want to share this part, there, every other time I have started a business venture, whether it was the organic farming or it was the fitness studio, the brick and mortar, or whether it was digital marketing, coaching, consulting, whatever it is. And I won't actually, I don't want to say the digital marketing because this is the example that I want to use is that in the past, the fitness studio is the perfect example. That was something that my heart wasn't in and that I kept continuing to do because I felt like I committed to this. I wanted this at one point. I need to stay committed to it. And I didn't feel like I could get out or walk away until it failed, until financially I had to walk away. And with digital marketing consulting, I was so grateful for the connections that I had formed and the clients that I was working with, but I wasn't fulfilled by the work anymore because of this obsession with being online all the time and having to show up all the time and this need to be seen all the time and constantly having to, when it's your job, it's like you're required to constantly be researching the algorithm and what are the new updates and how do you get seen? Because that's what my clients want to know is how do I get seen? How do I reach more of my community? So therefore I was spending so much time online until I was burnt out. But financially my business was thriving And I had to come to the decision that I need to step away from social media and the digital world. And I also need to step away from this business. This isn't how I want to make my living. This isn't how I want to spend my days. I moved to the middle of nature so I could be in nature. Now I just feel like I'm living on my phone all the time. Also, I have to note, 
we are still in our rental. <laughs> and I don't think I shared this before, but it doesn't, we have a bedroom. It's a one bedroom, but it doesn't have a bedroom door. There are no, <laughs> there are no rooms with doors here except for the bathroom. So I can't, I try my best to seclude myself from the animals. Daniel is so generous enough to leave when I have to record just so it's as quiet as possible. But I just wanted to say thank you because the cat is in the background and the dog is in the background playing and <laughs> I'm doing my best over here, but you're just going to hear it. So thank you. That is all to say that I... I decided that consulting and digital marketing was not for me. I am here to help my friends whenever they need advice or help building out systems. I love. I still love the system part. I still love the email marketing part. I still love how we can use technology to build community. But I just needed to, I knew I needed to step away, but I didn't know what the next chapter looked like. And I needed to give myself that space to figure it out because it's, all in its own timing. If I've, if I know one thing in this lifetime is that everything unfolds in its own timing. And that has been the biggest lesson with finding our homestead and buying our first home. We've been looking close to a year now and we haven't even, I mean, I've discussed it before, but if you are in the space of house buying right now, then you understand where the market has is at or where it's been at for the past year. If you've been in it with me, you understand it to that level. We have specific things that we're dealing with in our community that maybe you're not experiencing, such as we have a really, really limited inventory here because we're such a small community, a really limited one. And Daniel and I are really specific about what we want and what we're not willing to settle for. And so even the inventory that we've had access to, there just hasn't been things that have lit us up or pulled us in the direction of that might be the place. I mean, I wish that was the case that we were at least looking at things that, oh, that might be it. Oh, that might be it. We don't have that kind of inventory here. So we have only looked at a total of three places in the past year because three is the only, we've only seen three that maybe might be it. And the first two were absolute no's as soon as we went and viewed them. The last one we just viewed this past weekend, and it's a really beautiful story that I will share with you as it unfolds. It's just still a little bit too early to share anything, but I will keep you posted. Whether it happens or it doesn't, I just feel so at peace that knowing that we're getting closer. And that was always my mindset when I was moving to my rental that I used to live in in the cabin to begin with, is that if this isn't the place, then I know that it exists. This thing I've been dreaming up and visualizing that's come to me, it, it exists in my budget just to see it, just to get a taste of it, just... That to me is encouragement that it is coming in its own timing, that I cannot rush that. And I so badly wanted to rush that. It is so hard when you are financially ready and mentally ready to, to move into that new space and the inventory just isn't there. You just haven't found it quite yet. It was really hard. It was really difficult for me to be patient in that space. And honestly, why I paused even starting Repose Homestead, because that is the next chapter. If if you've listened to the podcast before, then you already caught on that the intro has changed, that our shift here in starting Repose Homestead is to fully focus on bringing the magic of nature in Repose into our homes, because 
Whether you relate to being a homebody or a homemaker or a homesteader, or if you don't at all, at the end of the day, you have a home. You live in a home, even if you're just renting a room somewhere, even if you're in a rental home, even if no matter where you're at, you are in a home. We are all curating a space that we want to be in, that is cozy, that is nurturing, that is safe, that is nourishing. We're all doing that, whether you're aware of it or not. And I've always been a homebody. I've always been a homebody. I'm also a Cancer Sun and a Scorpio Moon. So like the home is so important to me, so much more. I'm not the person that wants to, I don't have this desire to really go out and see the world or go out and socialize. I thrive at home. I thrive with that peace and security and safety. And for so long, I just, I didn't understand it. And it wasn't until I moved out here, which has been almost three years, that I realized that being in in the home and curating this intentional safe space is the most nourishing thing for me. And I think especially, I know, especially with what's gone on the past few years with the pandemic, we've been in our homes more than ever. And it it was so crystal clear of, is this a space that I want to be in or is it not? And we have that choice and I don't want it to be completely dependent on finances because you can absolutely create this space without blowing your budget. So I want to talk to you about the changes that are coming to the In Repose podcast because that brings us to the seasons. (laughs) We're going to have seasons on the podcast, so it's going to be a bit different. So we're going to have eight episodes per season one episode per week. Uh, We'll have a two-week break in between the seasons. So we'll have eight episodes together uh, once a week. And the season's going to have a theme that's going to support us and hold us around what our conversations all kind of point back to for that season. And then we'll have a little break. Um, We're also going to have a private community. So when I was rebuilding this all, I I had to get really clear of what would make me feel the most supported in doing this. And it's a community. It's that connection I so missed. You, I missed getting to connect with you. And I was finding myself uh, dipping my toes into like homesteading and homemaking communities. And I just wasn't finding my people. I just, to me, the home and this like idea of homemaking is so much more modern to me. And I was kind of finding it a little bit more, just not me. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the, the communities I was finding. There's nothing wrong with that. But it just wasn't, it wasn't quite there. And I looked around and I realized, well, my people are here. Like you are here listening already. You're on social media with me. You're subscribed to the newsletter. Like why don't we form together and talk about our recipes, share our resources, share the products that we're filling our homes with. Again, whether you love to cook, whether you love to garden, whether you have these grandiose dreams of living on 20 acres and having the Jersey cow and the pigs and the chickens, or you just want to fill your home with really intentional products and teas. Like we're all so different in in the ways that we love to be intentional in our home. But at the end of the day, the thing, the thing that the string that connects us is the fact that we all have a home and we want to love the home that we're in. And I just want a place to share all of that. So 
We will, this podcast will be supported by Patreon. So that way there'll be multiple tiers, $5 a month, $10 a month. So that way you have access to the private community. You get things like the Coffee Tonics Workshop. We get to talk to one another. There's so much more coming for this year, but the few big things that I wanted to share, oh, why I said that is with the seasons, when we have a two-week break, we're gonna have live monthly calls that we can all join in and grab our mugs of coffee and tea and talk about what we wanna hear on the podcast and bring you into the podcast, onto the podcast and have these conversations together. Oh God, it feels so good. It feels so good. (laughs) So for this season, this is the beginning of a new season together, which is just so beautiful and magical. Season one, our theme is all about creating an intentional home. That will be our theme for the entire season. So for the next eight episodes, it's all around creating an intentional home because that's at the root of it. That's why I started Repose Homestead. That's why that's why I've relaunched the podcast. I want to talk about that foundation of an intentional home. And for today, episode one of season one, it's going to be, we're going to be talking about buying less, buying better. So I have over the past few months while I've been away in hibernation, I have been working for an incredible skincare company. And I also want to share why, because my business was doing really, really well and I could choose to keep doing it. I could choose to keep doing it and make that money and support myself that way. But again, I told you it wasn't lighting me up and I needed to step away. But also we're in, let's be realistic here. Daniel and I are in the first time home buying process. So that means that a bank, sorry, I'm like touching the table and wobbling the microphone because this is where we get serious. But truly, a bank is going to be looking at what is our monthly income. All I mean, it goes through everything. If you've been through it, you know, go, they go through everything. And so while I'm in the space of trusting myself and taking that next step, and I could have just paused and not worked at all during that time, our biggest goal and is is finding our homestead. And that means having the financials to back that. So I had a few different choices. One, I could continue the work I was doing, working for myself and not enjoying it, but still making money, which when I've taken that path, it eventually burns out because I don't enjoy it anymore. So then the money stops coming in and then it forces me to leave, right? The second thing was, well, I could, I haven't worked for another company in so long. What if I found a really beautiful company that I admire how it's founded, how it's made, how it's led. What if I found that in my local community too, to connect locally here face-to-face with that human interaction and energy, which I've spoken about? What if I found that and that could financially support me and allow me the space to figure out the next step without any pressure, without putting any pressure on myself? That was the question I kept coming back to is, what would be the most supportive When I'm restructuring this business, when I'm restructuring, when I'm thinking about all these things, what would support me the most? And that felt most supportive. I mean, the third option was I could take a break completely from working, but that to me wouldn't feel supportive because if a bank looked at my, if I'm bringing in no income and it it affected, if in any way it affected us buying our home, that would live with me forever. Like that's just not worth it to me. That doesn't feel support. Bottom line, that doesn't feel supportive to me. So those, that wasn't the option I was going to take. So the option I took was finding this beautiful skincare company in town 
and taking a position with them and being the student again and connecting with my community again. And it gave me, and I'm still there, just at a smaller level, but it gave me the time and space and security that I needed to figure out the next step. And then I can take that money and I can reinvest it into my business and not only the business because now we're shifting towards the home, but how do I invest it into the home? So we're in this rental space, right? But the next place that we're going to be in is going to be our homestead. So what items am I taking into that next chapter? The thing that I was shifting towards is how do I buy less And it was really helpful to be off social media at that time (laughs) because we're so often, it creates this like, uh, oh, (laughs) consumerism that we all know about. It can, not to say it does, but it can. Of like, you see someone post this really beautiful product or a really beautiful rug or linen or mug and, and suddenly you want it. And again, that's a beautiful way to find small, independent, handmade objects. But disconnecting from that for a while, I was able to get really clear of without being online, without showing my life, what do I actually want in my home? What feels good? And how do I buy less, but buy better? So the first little question that I asked myself, or I want to ask you, is what season are you in financially? That's the place that I want to start because I, because I set myself up for security, I am in a place where financially I can afford higher quality, higher priced items that are meant to last generations, generations. So yes, they initially cost more, but they're meant to go far beyond just my life. It's not this target rug that will disintegrate in a year or two years or three years, that this rug, this handmade Persian antique rug that has already stood generations will last many more. That to me is so cool. So I was in the place where I could financially do that. But that's the question I want you to ask yourself is what what season am I in financially? Because the season you are in financially right now is not the season that you will always be in right? I know you're here because you aspire and have these dreams and these goals and these visions and are deeply intuitive and are growing towards those scenes. So just because perhaps you're in a season that maybe isn't quite as abundant as you dream of, you will get there. But it's okay to accept where you're at right now. What can I do right now with what I have? And I'm going to give so many tips Okay, (laughs) but I want to also incorporate where where my mindset was at of how I started to make these shifts. So are we currently in a place where we have the resources or what resources do you have available to you to start investing in higher quality things, not just cheaply made things to fill your home to fit some sort of aesthetic or some sort of picture or some sort of picture of what your life you think your life is supposed to look like with cheap items that will fall apart in a year or two. What if instead you could invest that money into that one thing that will last you 10 years, 20 years, generations to come and not because of an aesthetic? But because you want to buy something once, live in it, love it, maybe put it in different rooms or just see it have a new life and not have to replace it every year or two. I think that is the most beautiful thing is knowing, I mean, I'm talking about the rug again, 
But I'm so lit up about this rug that I got because it's it's something that, you know, a few years ago I would have, one, never thought of. I just thought, like, you get a rug, you go to Ikea or Target or wherever, and you get it, and it lasts a couple years, and that's done. And then I started to have more education on handmade rugs, antique rugs, how to care for them, how to make them last, why they're so beautiful, why they're so special, why they're so unique, handwoven. Like that to me is so magical. And it's also getting clear about, okay, so what resources do you have available to you, right? And two, where do you want to invest those resources? Because I'm going to share what lights me up in my home. But to you, that may, you're like, I don't care about a rug. But you know what I do care about? Is having all handmade ceramics. Like I would love to see a kitchen with all handmade bowls and plates and mugs. That lights me up. Or I want... The bedroom is the most important part to me. So I want beautiful linens that are going to last. That every time I get into that bed, it feels so luxurious. That's where I want to invest the money, right? Because all it takes is getting real with your resources of where you're currently at. Picking the area that lights you up the most and either taking the time to save it, it's not going to give you that that instant satisfaction, right? If you're at a place where it's like, okay, well, I have to budget for this. Maybe those investments will cost me $200. Maybe it will cost me $500. Maybe it will cost me $2,000. Maybe I want to do a whole renovation on my bathroom and that will cost me $10,000, whatever it is. Maybe perhaps you can't, it won't fulfill that instant satisfaction, right? That instant gratification. But how good does it feel knowing that you set up that vision and maybe it took a couple months or six months or a few years? How dang good does that feel when you reach that place and you know what it took? You know what it took to get there. It feels so good. It feels, to me, such a deep fulfillment versus any kind of like shallow instant hit. I don't live for those instant hits. I live for those slow burns that just fill you to the top. Like that to me feels so good. So on a small scale, I want to talk about it on a small scale because we can go small to big on this, right? Let's start... If we started in the bathroom, okay, what kind of toothpaste am I using? Um, Do I want to switch to like an Ayurvedic toothpaste and I want to get like a copper tongue scraper? Or do I want to get like a really luxurious bath towel and robe so every time I get out of the bath or the shower, it feels soft and warm. Maybe it's the hair products that you're using, a bath bomb, a candle that you want to put in there. Those are small ways to make it feel so luxurious. Make it so intentional. Make it so much, make it a ritual and not just this part of your day of like hopping in the shower and hopping out and rushing to the next thing, right? If we're in the kitchen, this can be the food that we buy. So I've been buying in bulk from Azure and I can buy, it's so amazing. I don't know if Azure is local to or available to everyone, but I highly recommend checking them out. A-Z-U-R-E if you're not familiar with them. I am able to buy in bulk 
all of my baking supplies on like the highest quality level, not just baking supplies. I mean, you can get everything, cleaning supplies from there. You can get fruits and meats and cheeses and milks and so much in a bulk quantity. So I can buy, you know, a bulk quantity of my einkorn organic flour. And so that way, when I go to bake our bread every weekend, which I do, it brings me so much joy knowing that I'm using these high quality products, but because I'm buying them in bulk, it makes them so financially, what is the word? (laughs) My brain is not working. It makes it affordable and accessible. I can do, I can bring this luxury into my house, into my pantry in an accessible way that makes me feel so good. And maybe that isn't Azure for you. Maybe you're like, that's how I feel about Thrive or that's how I feel about my CSA with my local vegetables. Finding those ways of like, how do I bring that into my home in small ways? It could be the cleaning products that you purchase. It can be the candles that you purchase. Uh, One thing that I was thinking about that I recently did, so I cut out coffee for about two months and I've just now recently reintroduced it. And before when I was drinking coffee, let me tell you, I could drink like three cups a day. Like I just, I love the smell of it. I love the ritual of it. I love brewing it and pouring it and sipping it. It's so good. Every aspect of it is so good. But then I was having like three cups a day. My adrenals don't need that. I don't need that. So I took some space away from coffee for about two months and that felt nice. Um, I'm not someone who, which is strange because I thought I was going to notice some like massive shifts in taking away coffee after relying on it for so long, but I did it. And so that's always kind of like a cue to me that, okay, I can reintroduce it in. But when I reintroduce it, I want to do it more intentionally. So to me, that meant, okay, instead of buying like the grocery store coffee, I want to buy from a beautiful roaster that supports single origin and organic and sustainable practices And that way I have, instead of having the three cups, because that's going to cost more, right? Those things cost more. So instead of having three cups, I'm going to have one beautiful cup because I want this coffee to last. And I want to fly through it in a week and be like, wow, I just spent 30, 40 bucks on that bag or not 30, (laughs) 20 bucks, (laughs) Um, 20 bucks on that cup of, or that bag of coffee in a week and said it lasts me, you know, two weeks. So (laughs) that is something that I recently did is I uh, switched to a coffee subscription through Coava Coffee, which is a local place in Oregon. It's in Portland, actually, which is beautiful because I chose them because they they don't ship. They they ship two times a week. I'm just going to like this is not sponsored. This is just me sharing my experience. Um, Pick them because I love their practices of how they choose their farms and how they work with farmers. And they roast two times a week or and they ship two times a week based off of they roast the day before and then they ship it out. And you get to pick depending on what machine you have, if you want it in whole bean, if you have a French press, they will grind the bean for you. So literally when I got it this week, I got two bags for the month. It was only, what, $30, which to me is a very accessible price point. At this point in my time, at this point in time, and it's something again that that's where I want to put my resources to. What resources do I have available to me, and where do I want to in- invest them? And 
So I got the two bags that roasted on like a Thursday or roasted, yeah, roasted on a Wednesday. They shipped it out on Thursday. I got it on Friday morning. And so that to me is so special. Like it's so special to me. I was so excited when it came in. I kept telling Daniel, I was like, we gotta go to the post office. I'm so excited. And I was just, and I think it might even just be something that I have just on the weekends. Just a beautiful treat for us to have on the weekends. And this morning when I poured the cup of coffee, it was just just this beautiful oh, connection. And it just elevated that experience so much more for me and felt so special. That to me is a form of buying less and buying better, right? And if it's like, well, I can only afford one, if you're in the season of like, well, I could only afford one really nice bag of coffee. Like I, if you're someone like me, you're like, I love coffee. That's where I'd like to invest, but I can really only budget, you know, one bag a month. Then do the one bag a month and make it your weekend coffee. You know, like how do we buy less, but buy better and make every aspect of our home so luxurious and nurturing and cozy and fulfilling. There are so many ways. It just makes me, this. it just makes me the happiest. So if we want to talk about it in a larger scale, because let's include that too. Let's include that too. Furniture, rugs, appliances, cookingware. These are the things that are going to cost a bit more. And again, this is whether you're in a rental or you own your home. We know these things cost more money. Furniture was also something that we needed a bit more furniture. When Daniel and I moved in together, he came from a yurt. I came from a small cabin. So we didn't have a whole lot of furniture. And we're in a rental space, so we don't necessarily want to buy a ton of furniture, or at least we don't want to buy furniture that just fits this space, right? Because this is just a short season of our life. We want to buy pieces that will go with us again to the next chapter. When we chose our sofa, I have never in my life had a nice sofa. Never in, except in my my childhood when my parents would buy like, you know, <laughs> you know like the they'd go to like the furniture store and get the expensive couch and it would but the thing is it would be in our family for 10 15 years like we had this same couches from the time I was little to the time I moved out of the home so it wasn't like they ever had to buy them again so that was the last time that I had a nice couch as an adult when I moved out it was always IKEA couches and those are great for a season right? Or particular few seasons. That was all I could afford at the time. I could only afford an Ikea couch. But you better believe that thing busted down. My Ikea dressers, my Ikea couch, they all fell apart move by move. When I would move from one apartment to my like townhouse to my studio apartment, they were on their last legs and having two dogs and just the wear and tear. Like they did not last. So I don't have any of that now. It is all completely gone because it's, they have not stood the test of time. So when we came into this space, it was a really big deal for me that I was in a space to buy a beautiful, cozy, comfortable, big, plush couch. That's what I wanted. So I made that investment into this space and I want it to be something that can go with us to the next space, to the homestead. So I was able to do that and it brings us such joy and such comfort. And we've always allowed our animals on our furniture. And this was the first time that we said, you know what? This is just for us. Like, I don't want to sit down on this couch and be covered in dog hair every time I sit on it or have someone come over and be covered in dog hair. Like, the dogs have 5 million beds around this place, like dog beds. They're fine. They're totally fine. And it took them some adjusting. 
but now they respect it and it just upholds the couch. I mean, the couch has a longer lifespan if we're not all jumping on top of it. So that was something that's really important to me too. Like if I'm going to make this investment, I want this thing to last. I don't just want to beat it up (laughs) and shorten its lifespan. Like the whole point of spending this money was so that I don't have to spend it again in five years. I don't want to spend it again in five years. I want this to uphold a move. I want this to uphold all of that. So that is one way. But if you are in a season of like, Caitlin, that's great for you, but I can't afford that right now. I want to give you my hacks because like I said, the furniture that we're bringing into the space, just getting intentional about and getting real about, okay, we don't want to buy anything that just fits this space. We want it to carry over to the next house. So a big place that I look to places, two places that are huge resources, let's say three, four, is Facebook Marketplace is Craigslist, is our thrifting and antique shops. Those are massive estate sales, massive places to get furniture. And you can get some high quality furniture. The computer desk that I brought in here, because I didn't have one prior, I got off Facebook Marketplace for free. And it will go with us to the next space. And it's not the best well-made desk, It's, uh, I don't even know the quality of wood. It's not the best. It probably won't last that long. It's a little beat up, but I like that vintage worn in look. So to me, that was important. But at the end of the day, it was free. So when its lifespan is over, I'm going to be okay with that. I'm going to be at peace with that. That's okay with me. But that was such using those resources like a Craigslist, a Facebook marketplace, thrifting and antiquing. You can, besides, the free stuff that you can find, because you can still find some free good quality stuff too, but you can find some beautiful vintage furniture for a couple hundred bucks, something within your price range, those things that you'll take with you from season to season. You could also be in a position where you're super crafty or your spouse is or your dad is and you know how to build these things. And so therefore you're paying for just the supplies, the material, and then you build the desk or you build the coffee table or you build the bedside nightstands and that lasts and stands up. Again, buying less but buying better means, can mean and look so differently to each one of us. But don't underestimate what resources you have available to you. So when we ask ourselves that question again, of what are the resources available to me? We're thinking one, money. What do I have the budget for? Uh, two, where do I want to invest those that money? But three, <laughs> what other resources do I have available to me? Oh, right. My stepdad does woodwork. So I should reach out to him and ask him how much it would cost to build that thing and can I afford that? And it's the highest quality. And then it will last. And it's the same price as that Ikea table, right? It's just allowing ourselves to, to, to not pigeonhole ourselves, to get really creative and to get really honest about what that intentional living looks and feels like for you. And not just the picture of it, right? Not just what would look really cool in this space, what would look really good, what would Not just for social media, not just for a picture, like what actually feels good to you in your space because you're the one who has to live with it. I have been in beautiful, beautiful spaces that 
don't necessarily photograph the best, but they felt so good. Because also think about the energy that these items have in your space. Oh, it feels so good. That's what I live for. That's what I'm doing it for. I'm not doing it for this perfect picture, this like architectural digest picture or this photo to get a bunch of likes because it's really well designed and that's the trend of what what a room should look like right now. And that's how I see these five people styling their home. So I should style my home this way as well. No, it means allowing yourself the time to explore what your style looks like and feels like too. Like I'm still figuring that out slowly, little by little. I mean, one big example is that I always thought, (sighs) (laughs) I was so afraid of color. Like I wanted everything to be white and beige and gray and I couldn't quite, one, the spaces that I was in, because that's another question we want to ask ourselves, right, is what is like the natural flow of this space that I'm in, the home that I'm in, whether it's a rental or whether I own it, what is what is the natural architecture, the bones that already exist? And am I trying to force a style that it won't work with here, right? So if I try to do that at the cabin, the cabin's all wood. How could I achieve that look when everything is is wood, I couldn't. So instead of leaning into, it took me a while to lean into, this is what's naturally here. So what do I wanna add to it? What would make it feel really good to me? And that involves some experimenting. And again, I love, I love the look of a clean, white, minimal house. That to me is so beautiful, but it's not me. <laughs> It's not me. And I have a dear friend who has the most gorgeous home that is all white and it is so her and so perfect in their family. And you know who I'm talking about. (laughs) It's so her and so perfect. But that's not me. And it, it sometimes we don't do it with a friend. We do it because we see a really beautiful picture on Instagram or in a magazine and we think, oh, that's what my home should look like. But we try and recreate it and we're like, why doesn't this translate the same way? <laughs> because it's not you and it's okay to experiment with that style. And so maybe that means, okay, while I'm experimenting with my style and what feels best to me in a home, I don't want to waste a ton of money. I don't want to invest in a bunch of pieces that maybe won't work for me. So I'm going to go the Facebook marketplace, the Craigslist or the estate sale or the thrifting routes. So that way it's more cost effective and I'm getting to experiment with pieces that I can easily, if it doesn't work, I could put it back on Craigslist for the $200 I spent for that dresser whatever whatever it may be. Just giving yourself the freedom to experiment with the home that you're in and finding out what feels good to you so that whatever you're buying, it feels better. It just, buying less but buying better. At the root of it, at the root of it, again, is that intentional home. What does an intentional home feel like to me? Because I'm the one who has to live in it. And when we go the route too of this experimenting, of thrifting and antiquing, remember again, these things take time. When I have an idea in my head of 
okay, because I'm in this space of, all right, the all white isn't for me. I actually do enjoy color. So how do I want to bring that color in? Those things take time. Thrifting takes time. Antiquing takes time. Because I could have a picture in my head of the ice chest or the dresser or the vanity that I want to bring in here or the desk. The desk took me months to find because I was really specific. I didn't want this like modern new desk. I wanted it to be worn. I wanted it to be wood. I wanted it to be warm. (laughs) I said worn the first time, warm. Like I had it, I had an idea of what I wanted it to be in my head and I wasn't finding it because it's not something I can just go to target.com, ikea.com and find. It's going to take time. It's going to take time. And we get so caught up in that, that instant gratification of this is what I want. And so I need to go find it now. And doesn't, it comes in the timing that it's supposed to come in. And I don't know why (laughs) I still see so much like shame wrapped around timing of things that it's okay for those things to take time. There is no desperation for it. There is no rush for it. There is no need for it to be right here, right now, because as soon as I find it, it all makes sense. It all makes sense why it took the time that it did. It just took that time to find me. And again, I have that deeper appreciation for it because I know what it took, the time that it took to find it. Another thing that I want to talk about, so with myself, when we moved into this space, we really we really got clear. I love moving because it's this opportunity to throw out or donate anything that's no longer serving you. What do I want to bring with me in this next chapter? And what no longer serves me? And so instead of feeling this pressure again, always going back to that question of what would feel the most supportive to me, I asked myself, okay, so... And this is going to happen with the homestead, right? Because we're going to move into a homestead that is going to be a bigger space than what we're renting now. I know that for damn sure because this place is tiny. (laughs) So it will be bigger than what we have, which means there's going to be more empty space when we move in at first. And the financial season that I'm in is not in this place to move into a new house and be able to suddenly fill every single room, every single wall with furniture and art. That's going to take time. That's going to take time. But what I do want to do, and I don't know why we're so afraid of space, (laughs) because it's when we have the space in a house, right, and we live in it, we get so much more clear on what would actually be, what would fit there, what would be the most fitting. That's another reason why I don't want to buy a ton of furniture here to take with us to the next space, because I don't know what the next space is going to look like. I don't know. And, and especially when it comes to buying. I think it's a little bit different when you're renting. Um, I'm trying to think, because for me, I never invested in a lot of furniture while I was renting because again, every single space that I've rented in is so different than the than the last one. So if I bought something that, if I had this long wall in one of them and I buy this long dresser, if the next space I move into is a tiny, or the next space I moved into was a tiny studio apartment and there's no room for that, well, that's fine. I'd have to sell it and get rid of it. But really I want things that I'm, when I'm going from this this season of going from renting to the next thing that we'll be in will be the home that we buy, that I want to allow myself time to move into the homestead 
live in it. And then from there say, okay, this would be really fitting here. Also, it gives me the opportunity if there's space there and there's clarity there, it gives me the room to get creative of, okay, I did maybe I didn't think about taking down this wall in the kitchen when we moved in, but now having lived in it, I would love to open up this wall and then we could extend the counter here or we could put this there. By, by not filling it with things as soon as we move in, I'm able to see that vision. They're not clouding my vision. And that's something that's really, really important to me. Again, if we're going back to thinking about the season we're in financially, okay, Caitlin, I'm wanting to bring some more intentional items into my home. I obviously don't want to buy a ton of things all at once, but what can I kind of do right now? Okay, I'm going to focus on this one room, right? I'm going to get the linens for the bed. That's going to be the thing that I focus on. What what other things, what other inspired action steps can I take? And so one of the things that I took is to create that space and create that space (laughs) is I donated or threw out any things that I didn't want to bring with me to the next season, which was here in this rental, right? Anything that was cheaply made that was falling apart, that let's be honest, I've been staring at that ratty blanket with holes in it. And for some reason, I've been carrying it with me for the past however many years. Oh, I'll use it as a dog blanket. Oh, I'll use it. And it's just taking up space and it's just taking up energy. It's time for it to go. It's time for it to go. And maybe that was the season I was in. At that time, I was 25 and I needed that. I wanted that Target throw blanket from my couch. And you know, two years in, it just fell apart. It disintegrated in the wash. It did this. It did that. It doesn't mean I have to keep holding on to it. If every time I walk by it, it doesn't make me feel good or shove it in the back of a closet, why am I allowing it to take up space and energy in my mind and in my home? So picking perhaps just one little section. So say it is that linen closet. You're like, I have that one closet where I just throw things so I don't have to look at them. Perhaps it's one weekend going into that closet. I mean, it can be your clothes closet. You know those clothes that I'm talking about that are stained, that are worn, that for whatever reason you're still hanging on to. Or maybe it's that the fact that your body has changed and you're holding on to these clothes from a previous season of life that no longer fit you and are just taking up energy and space in your home. It's going through, one weekend going through that little space, that one closet And saying, this no longer serves me. This is just taking up space and energy. It's time for it to go. It's either time for it to serve and support someone else. And I'm going to go donate those clothes at a Goodwill so someone who needs them can find them and wear them and love them. Or maybe they're totally broken down because they were cheap. And it's time to totally eliminate them. And then how do I invest in bringing something? You know, then I'm going to save up the money or that's going to be next on my list of of things to add in. And of course, it's not like if it's a winter coat and you throw out the only winter coat that you have and you're like, oh, I'm going to save in the meantime during winter for the winter coat. That's not what I'm saying because I don't want you to put yourself in that position. Um, It's just getting clear about, and perhaps it is, maybe you do want to wait until that next thing comes through in order to create space. But I've always found it really, really, really helpful in, in supporting the next thing coming through when we clear that space, when that thing is no longer taking up space, time, energy. It's like, it makes me want to just like, yeah, sigh, breathe, relief. 
creating that space, creating that clarity, creating room for the next thing to come in. Just It's just waiting. <laughs> the space is just waiting for that next thing. That's what space does. And that to me is really special and really beautiful. So I want to give you just some personal examples of what I've done over the past few months. So the one thing is, and I'll share the resources too, the rug that I talked about. And I love, so the rug I got is, it's a it's a Persian rug that has been around for years and it is, it's got, it's had a life. It's had lives far beyond it reached my home. And that to me is so beautiful. And the place that I got it from is called House of Tokemen, T-O-C-U-M-E-N. And it is a family run business where they find and source these antique handmade rugs, Turkish Persian. They show you how to take care of them. They clean them up themselves and they sell them. They resell them. And she does it in such a beautiful way. And I love her Instagram is also a beautiful resource because she shares so much education on the rugs and the stories of them and the history of them and how to take care of them. And to me, it was really important too because These rugs are meant to last through pets, through children, through life. Through life is meant to be lived on them. And that to me is really special too. Is like, I don't want to buy this really nice thing just to like not touch it, that it's so nice and new and and we can't ever use it. We can't ever, we can't ever experience it. We just look at it, right? I don't want those things. I want something that's really well made that is can be lived in because, again, we have multiple humans here. We have multiple animals here. We live in nature. Like, I need something that's going to hold up. I just turned on Siri by accident, and that scared the crap out of me because I'm like, who is in the house? (laughs) Just Siri. It's fine. I don't know what I said that, that made them go off, but they did. Oh, my goodness. So that is where I bought the rug from. And one thing that I love about it is that So part of her education from House of Tokemon is that uh, she has all different rugs of all different price points as well. And she's really big on layering rugs. So if you are, no matter what your budget is, if you can't afford a giant $3,000 rug that's going to fit the entire room, what she should, she should, she she suggests is layering rugs. So buy them at the different stages in your life when you can afford them. And so that may, maybe you're getting a $200 rug, a $600 rug, a whatever that is, and layering them throughout the house to fill the room and to fill the space. And now you have all these beautiful different textures and patterns and draws the eye in. And like that to me feels so good and so much more accessible. Like, oh, I don't have to finish everything right now. I don't have to. And also again, because I'm in a rental space, I don't want to buy a rug that's a thousand or two thousand dollars that's only meant to fit this temporary space that I'm in. I want to buy something smaller so that way it can go with me to the next space and it could go, maybe it's the living room, maybe it's the bedroom, maybe it's the dining room because it's not this massive thing that was only meant for one room. That to me feels really supportive. So that was something that I did. Um, Another thing for Christmas, Daniel and I do a joint gift together because we live together and that feels more supportive to us than getting gifts for each other. We're both people that when we need something, we buy it. So, um, and, and gift giving just isn't really our love language with each other. So we decided to have a joint 
gift that we wanted to give our household and something that was so we decide we have the conversation of like what do we need what what would be more supportive in this space to us and one thing that I've always done with our knives is I've just like thrifted them or antiqued them they're older I think I have like one Amazon excuse me one Amazon knife and then the other were like antiqued and they're okay they've been fine (laughs) they're okay But the conversation was that it would be really great and luxurious if we had a set of amazing quality knives in the kitchen because we use them every day. We cook every single day. And Daniel just loves really well-made knives. I would be the one using it every day for, and so I know practically we need a good set and then just take care of it so that it lasts years and years and years. So we asked all of our older generation friends who are in their 50s and 60s who cook a lot, what is your go-to knife? Also, we've been into the Great British Bake Off, Great British British Baking Show. We watched, we like binged through that And the knives were also on there. And all of the friends that we asked all gave us like two different recommendations. But the one that every single person said was the Wusthof knives. And they're so amazing. And I think the price point's actually a great price point. Uh, We did, I mean, we split the cost between us. So, and again, to us, it's that investment, right? What are the resources I have available? Okay, how much? So we sit down and we say, what's the max that we wanna spend? Okay, this is the brand that everyone recommended to us. Does that mean we can afford one really great knife? Uh, or would we? can we afford a set from them? And so we look at the options and then we choose the best one that fits for us. And so we gifted each other these beautiful Gustav knives and they're so incredible and it brings so much joy every time I'm making something and Daniel loves them. And that way, if we just sharpen them and take care of them, they're going to last us years. So that one investment that we made instead of, instead of because what ends up happening Is that, and we know this, right? That if we buy the cheaply made thing, it's not meant to last that long. It's, it's, it was built to have a short lifespan. That's why it's at the price point that it's at. So in two years, you're going to have to buy that product over again. So you end up spending more than you would with that initial investment. And if, again, reminding yourself that, okay, Caitlin, that's great that you bought that rug or those knives, but I can't afford that right now. But if that's the thing you want, then all you have to do is say, okay, I can't afford that right now, but could I afford that in five months if if for the next five months I set aside 50 bucks each month or 100 bucks each month? Could I afford it? Or 25 bucks each month? Could I do it then? Okay, great. So I'm going to do that. And then five months, I'll check in with myself and ask myself, do I still want this thing? Because a lot of times too, When we don't give into that instant satisfaction, instant gratification, instant purchase, a lot of times we can check back in in a few months and that's not even the thing that we want anymore. But now you have this nice little nest egg and you're like, actually, maybe I do. I want to get those really nice sheets that I've seen that all my friends are saying are amazing that I've read about in this magazine that I've for the past five months have been thinking about. That's actually what I want to invest that money in. And now I have it available to me. So just reminding yourself that just because it can't happen right this second doesn't mean that it can't happen. It just takes a bit more planning. Again, the other thing we did was thrifting furniture on Facebook Marketplace like the desk. I've thrifted our, if we go back to the kitchen, I've thrifted or antiqued 
our cookware. So our cast irons, I always get thrifted. I always look at cast irons. Um, you can get really beautiful copper pans. I have a copper teapot. Again, these are things that are meant to stand the test of time if we just take care of them. And that that's a $20 cast iron that has been around for 10 or 20 years. And if I just continue to take care of it, it's going to last another 10, 20, 30 years. That's what I want. <laughs> that's the energy that I want in my home. I don't want to have to replace this. I don't want to buy a nonstick pot that in two years, all of the nonstick has come off and I'm putting all of this toxicity into my body. Instead, I could take that same amount of money and invest it in cookware that is meant to last. And I can do that through antiquing, right? I could do that through an estate sale. I can do that through the Facebook marketplace. I can do that through Craigslist. It doesn't always have to be new. Another favorite of mine is that when I first moved into the cabin, I threw out from Phoenix to Oregon, I threw out all of my cheap silverware. It was just, I don't even know what it was, maybe Ikea probably, or I donated it at that time. And when I moved, I wanted an affordable way to bring luxury in. And I think a lot of times cutlery can be this thing that has to be brand new. But instead, I went on Etsy and I got antique silverware. And I do this now when I go antiquing. If I see nice antique silverware or steak knives or just something just to have cutlery in the house, I purchase it. Because to me, I don't need a perfectly matched house. Like my mugs don't all need to match. My plates don't all need to match. My silverware doesn't all need to match. I love the character and energy that having these antique or handmade items that are mismatched brings. That to me feels really, really good. And again, that comes from shaking off this notion of, oh, I saw this beautiful house in 80 magazine. It was all white and everything matched. That's what mine's supposed to look like. No, to me, the character of of lived in worn objects and mismatch and color feels so good to me. And I think it was 20 bucks for this big set of antique silverware, 20 bucks. And it's beautiful and it's well-made and all I have to do is take care of it and it lasts. Ugh. <laughs> Handmade mugs since we're still in the kitchen. That is like my, that is my love language as a handmade mug. I love handmade ceramics. And I used to be the gal that had like the Target mugs and the World Market mugs. And those are mismatched as well. But again, the energy that I want to feel in my home comes from those handmade items. And so little by little, I would donate my Target and World Market mugs to like a Goodwill over time because Ceramic handmade mugs cost a lot more, obviously, right? Like so much more. But I know that I'm supporting this local maker or a small maker. I'm supporting their dreams. I'm supporting their livelihood. And so I would just get, I don't buy, I had all of my mugs. They were never bought all at once. It was bought here and there. And maybe I stayed at this. Maybe I went on vacation in this town. and I found this really incredible handmade mug. Or maybe this one was a gift. Or maybe this one is from a local artist. That to me, each one has its own story. And so again, that takes time. And they're mismatched. But every time I pick one up, it, it creates that intention every morning when I have that coffee or that tea I look through them and I say, what do I want to feel? And I go towards, I gravitate towards whatever I'm feeling that day. Those Each mug brings such a different energy. And to me, that feels so good. Another little tip, little hack 
is the for the laundry. So because linen was something that I invested in a few years ago. I was actually quite a few years ago because the bed and sleep is so important to me that I invested in really high quality, oh, so yummy, organic sheets, organic linen sheets that, again, if you take care of them, they last a long time. (laughs) So I bought two different duvets. So I bought one at one time, and then I moved into the cabin. I bought another one for the guest room. And we actually use both of them here during the winter. Uh, And I want them to, again, I want to take care of them so they stand up so we can either line dry them, which is the best option, but can't do that during winter. So what I do for the dryer, since I'm buying less, but buying better, and it's also really important to me to, I don't put this pressure on myself. We'll talk about this later in the season on another episode of just not putting the pressure on yourself to do everything at once. So like sustainability is important to me, but I, I don't do it perfectly. I can't do it perfectly. And so I do the little action steps that I can that feel good to me, that are accessible to me to make those little things. So one of the things is buying all natural laundry detergent. And then I don't use any fabric softeners or dryer sheets because of what's in them. I don't want to put that on my sheets. I don't want to put that on my body. And so instead what I do is I buy, I purchased a few different wool dryer balls here locally from a local business who makes wool products that they hand make these wool products. So I bought a few of the wool dryer balls and then I put drops of essential oils onto the wool dryer balls and that goes in the dryer and that just helps cut your drying time down. So that's better for the environment. When you use the essential oils, it's a natural way to put fragrance into your sheets, into your clothes that is yummy and luxurious, but isn't full of chemicals. And that feels really good to me. And it holds up the integrity of the sheets and the clothes. It really helps with that, which is really beautiful. And the quality of them, which is really helpful. And I had a question because I had shared this on Instagram. If someone was saying that they were afraid to do it because they thought it would always stain their clothes, the putting the oil on the ball. Uh, no, I have never had that issue to my experience. I've never had that happen because the wool dryer ball soaks up the oil so quickly, so fast that when it's warmed up in the dryer, it just makes everything smell so good. It's such a luxury to me and it's so accessible and such a simple fix, such a simple fix. If we go to the bathroom, it's buying handmade soap from local makers. I noticed that with my skincare products and with my, I'll just say skincare because we're talking about soap too as well, soap and oils and lotions, when I'm buying higher priced quality items that are natural, that don't have fillers in them. So yes, they're initially higher priced, but because they don't have fillers in them, they last so much longer. Again, not buying more, buying less and buying better. So again, when I buy that cheap product that has a bunch of fillers in it, I'm having to buy it more frequently. So it ends up being the same price as the really high quality, better made thing. (laughs) But it really, once you make that switch, that's how you see it. Like I, I, the skincare products that I buy and like the soaps that I buy, uh, it's, it is because of the quality and it's so, my skin loves it. My body loves it. I'm not putting those chemicals on. I feel radiant. My skin is so happy. It's moisturized. It's, it just makes, it's, it's luxurious. Again, it's luxurious to me. And without those fillers, it goes so 
much longer. The other tip that I have is buying bulk from Azure. So that's how I stock my pantry filled with organic goodness on a more accessible level. Also, of course, is, I mean, this isn't buy, it is, but gardening, doing whatever you can in the yard that you have, with the seasons that you have, with the growing region that you have, gardening, even if it's just a few herbs, that saves you so much money. Like I still, I, (laughs) winter is so hard for me because I can't grow anything here currently. I don't have a greenhouse. Um, I can't grow anything during winter and it's so hard to, and, and this is, I mean, far beyond First of all, let me make that clear. Far beyond a financial thing of like, oh, it saves you money. Like it's so much better in so many ways. It tastes better. It's better for the environment. It's better for the world. It's better for the community. It's better all around to be able to grow as much as you can. Uh, And if you can't grow it to support your local farmers, that is the next best option. But it is still so wild to me that, you know, growing a bed of basil costs like a bed, like a bed of basil costs you like $2. But to buy a tiny tiny like few stems of it at the big chain store is like five dollars it's ridiculous to me ridiculous and we're not even factoring in like the environmental side of things so growing whatever you can buying in bulk from places I mean there's things now like you know if you don't have a local CSA which is where you can buy like local organic vegetables or a local farmer's market then there's companies now like Misfits Market and these produce companies that you can save money buying these vegetables and fruits in a bigger quantity and they send them to you. There is a way to make it all possible. Again, and instead of feeling overwhelmed by all the decisions and all the different options, we go back to asking ourselves, what are the resources available to me and where do I want to invest them? Where do I want to start? I've really been neglecting my kitchen and that is something I've been desiring to do. I'm going to start with buying my, how do I, okay, (laughs) again we just like break it down okay let's get even more granular right so it's like I don't love to cook but I make let's say I'm trying to give an example because I love to cook so (laughs) I love to cook so I'm like how do I give an example of not loving to cook but just getting real with yourself I mean just like the coffee example coffee is something that's luxurious to me coffee is something that I want to be a ritual and really special to me so that means ordering now the coffee subscription and buying less of it and buying better quality and having it just on the weekends right so that's one place to start is thinking about what do you already do in your day-to-day life that brings you joy now how do we elevate that experience and how do I buy less but buy better what resources do I have available to me and how do I invest that or if it's for furniture? Do I need to plan? Do I need to say over the next five months? How do I much do I need to put aside? Asking ourselves those questions. Another great, if alcohol is up your alley, I'd like to recommend Dry Farm Wines to you. Again, not a sponsor. I would love that later on in the future, but Dry Farm Wines sources all of their wines from small farms across the entire world with the only ingredient being grapes, which a majority, I think almost... I can't, I'm not the expert, but a majority of wines on the market, even in like the natural stores are filled with, because they don't have to put what's on, what's in the bottle on the label. They're filled with so much stuff. They're actually pumped with sugar to get a higher alcohol percentage in the ferment. So if they add more sugar, then they get 
then what ends up fermenting is a higher alcohol percentage. So dry farm wines, the only ingredient is grapes. And also because it's just grapes that are fermented, it's going to be a lower alcohol, but you're not going to have those effects of that hangover the next day because it's not pumped with sugar. It's not pumped with chemicals. It's not pumped with all of these things that our bodies don't actually, that have a hard time digesting. So if you are a wine person, I highly recommend checking them out because I think it is such a beautiful way. And again, reframing instead of drinking that one bottle of wine in a night because you're like, well, this, Caitlin, this is a bit higher price point than I'm used to spending, you know, five buck chuck at the store. And if this bottle costs me 25 bucks, like I can't afford that. Well, what if we reframed it and said, well, instead of drinking an entire bottle of wine that night, what if you had a glass that lasted you a couple different weeks? So actually you could afford that. And instead of drinking more, it's drinking less, buying less, but buying better. So ultimately you'd be buying this, you'd be spending the same amount, but you'd be drinking less. How would that make you feel? Maybe your body would react to that in a really positive way and it would feel really good. And because there's so much less junk in it, it would feel really good. And it would also feel really luxurious because you know that this thing costs more and it's better quality. So you sip it and you savor it and you make a really delicious meal with your girlfriend or your partner for the night and you just enjoy it and have a full experience with it, right? Because you know that it costed more and it's better quality. It's just allowing ourselves the space to reframe those things. And then the last thing I mentioned, the coffee is one way. I mean, the coffee and the wine are kind of interchangeable of like, instead of having more, how do we have less, buy less, and make this more of an intentional experience? And maybe those things don't cost at all. Maybe it's like, you know, I really love what I have, but I would love to bring a friend over on, you know, maybe it's my new Monday thing to have a, invite a friend over for a cup of coffee. And that's how I want to elevate the experience. That's how I want to create more intention is bringing someone else into it. Or maybe I want to pack up that lunch and I want to take it to the park and I want to get some sunshine or I want to take it outside. Asking ourselves when it comes to an intentional home, and an intentional life, it doesn't have to cost anything. How do we elevate the experience with the resources that we have available to us right now in this season of life? Knowing, I mean, think back to five years ago, 10 years ago, what was the space in the season you were in financially and emotionally? And think of where you are now and how much growth you've had. So do not ever limit yourself into thinking that you're not going to grow through this season as well and continue to evolve and continue to just bring so much beauty into your life and world. And that really starts with being intentional. And I love when it starts with being intentional in the home. So this is episode one of season one, creating an intentional home, all about buying less, but buying better. And I so hope you enjoyed being here for this conversation. These podcasts are going to be a bit longer than they were before too, which feels really, really good because I also want to say before when I was planning them, they were just like a stream of consciousness. And to me, that kind of felt stressful because I want there to be some rhyme and reason into why we're having this conversation. And I want to be able to cover everything and not just skip over so much of that juicy goodness and I think when something is once a week, I look forward to my once a week hour podcast episodes where it's just really, really intentional. Again, again, <laughs> again, when I ask myself, how can this be more supportive to me? 
how can it be more intentional? And that was one of the things, a few of the things of how to create that space. Thank you so much for being here, sweet friend. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. I will see you here on Wednesdays. Wednesday is our new day. Happy Wednesday. I'm sending you so much love and I will talk to you next week.